today on Wine Access Unfiltered. I was a management consultant when I first graduated from Penn. Mm-hmm. And so I would go on work trips and, and, and go to nice restaurants with my clients and all these things. And that's when I started getting into it. So expense accounts and clients is how it happened. Exactly. I don't even know where to start with this podcast today. Welcome to the Wine Access Unfiltered podcast. I am so everything. I am, I don't know. Vanessa, you fill in the blank. I don't even know where to start. Where do we start? Well, I mean, for me, I remember John Legend's music being like so pivotal at so many moments in my life. Happy, sad, you know, joyous, momentous. Like I just, there's something about, you know, his, his musicality, his songwriting, everything that just like speaks to me and obviously speaks to a lot of people because he's extremely famous. Um, and also though a vintner. So like, where do we even start today? We have music, we have wine. We have so many things and the excitement is palpable. I mean, I think we've tried to be pretty cool about it, you know, in our text exchanges leading up, like, what should we talk about with John Legend? Should we talk about his famous wife, Chrissy Teigen? Should we talk about the fact that he's an EGOT winner? Like, where I don't know. So I guess we should begin where we always sort of begin, which is at the intersection of wine and someone's life. So I think we'll maybe start there talking about LVE, which is a very exciting and delicious project that he's doing in collaboration with Jean-Charles Boisset, who is... As you know, you've gone live with him several times and we know him from the Valley is just like a, a spicy, French, wonderful, like just such joie de vivre, life of the party, wonderful human being and such a perfect partner for John in this project. And, and one thing I wanted to add to that too about Jean-Charles is um, he is all of those things. And the truth is though, he is brilliant. Yes. He's utterly brilliant. So I think it's easy to see this kind of persona that's very, you know, gregarious and you yeah. know, fun loving. But when you sit down and talk to him, he knows so much. It's shocking <laughs> and scary how much he knows. So what a perfect partner for someone, you know, like John Legend, because not only does he have this like great ambassador to wine, but he has someone who has so much knowledge. I am so glad that you said that because you're absolutely right. He is brilliant. He comes from a, a long lineage of you know, Burgundian history. I mean, he came to the United States and and has done incredible things here, but really he does come from a winemaking background and brings with him all of the life experience, but also just, you know, he's someone that has so much curiosity for it. And I love, I'm going to really, I think, enjoy listening to how those two collaborate. And I do know that they have some unusual methods for blending when that time comes. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited to dive into that side of things. I feel like, you know, John really needs no introduction um, other than to say he, he is going to be super suave and super wonderful. And we're going to drink some wine with him. And on that note, we're actually not drinking his wines today because that's not how we roll, right? We we select the wines for the guests, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do two wines that pair with cravings by Chrissy dishes. So I picked a couple dishes from her website um, and book and came up with a you fun pairings. So I'm excited to see how he likes him and also to see if maybe it'll inspire some dinner dishes maybe for this tonight or this weekend. Oh, I know I'm feeling inspired. So. All right. Well, I will not <laughs> keep everyone waiting. I'm sure you're all very anxious to hear John Legend. And without any further ado, let's drink. Um, well, cheers, John. It's so good to be here with you. Uh, thanks for popping open those bottles with a, a very appropriate wine yes, tool. Yes, let me start pouring. <laughs> you haven't poured yet? Start pouring. <laughs> 
All right. We'll let you pour. Like halfway through uh, my Syrah already. No, well, Vanessa, you and I always (laughs) choose a little bit selfishly, but I thought today with John, because he's got his own label, we would obviously talk about what's going on with LVE. But also I wanted to select a few wines that I thought maybe you would enjoy at home, John, since your wife famously loves to cook. I grabbed some recipes from Cravings by Chrissy and ah. and paired them with these two wines. So we're drinking Kongsgard Syrah by another legendary John. Okay. And then uh, the Comtesse de Cherise, which is a Merceau, a monopole, I should add, uh, from Burgundy, which uh, pairs yep. with a hazelnut pasta dish. And and then the uh, the Syrah the Syrah's going with the Tom Yum pork ribs. So um Oh, I like this. Yeah. And I like the uh I like the pairings and it's inspiring me for what to ask for dinner tonight. Well, okay, so that's <laughs> kind of what I was hoping, right? I was like, well, maybe if these wines are open and I tell him what to eat with it, maybe, you know, Chrissy will oblige. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Pepper might have to make our Thai food. Pepper's the the queen mm. of the Thai food. Oh, I love that. That's my mother-in-law. Well, cheers. It's good to be here yeah. with yes. you now that you've taken a sip. Cheers. My pleasure. Cheers. 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 Yum. So I want to kick it off. We've got so much to talk about and so little time because I know you're in the middle of recording right now. Yeah. Which is exciting. And we will touch on, um, you know, what you're recording, hopefully, or maybe you can give us a little sneak peek. I'll tell you all about it. I would love to. Uh, I want to jump into LVE and how that got started and... Also, um, maybe where we could start is I heard that there is a slightly unusual method for blending, or maybe it's very normal for you, but I love that you've <laughs> partnered with Jean-Charles Boisset, who we all know to be a, a, a ball of joy, you know, sort of joie de vivre and life of the party here in Napa Valley. Yes. But I've heard that you guys kind of have a little like musical party, like, you know, it's very unusual from what I've heard from like the Philippe Melkos of the world who generally sit down at a long table, blend it out. But I heard you kind of rock out a little differently. Well, let's talk about how we met. First of all, we met through a mutual friend who is working with uh, Boise Wines, but also happens to be uh, related to my manager. Oh, nice. <laughs> so she's my manager's husband's closest cousin. They grew up together, works for Boise Wines, and he connected us. He knew that I was looking to get into the wine business. I loved wine myself, but also felt like it paired really nicely with my music and with my lifestyle. Mm. And I thought it would be wonderful to partner with a great winery. And when our friend Ken started working with Boise, he said, I know you guys have been looking for the right wine partner and I've met the perfect person. And the perfect person, of course, was Jean-Charles Boisset, who has Boisset wines and, of course, owns Raymond Vineyards as well. And obviously they have such a great uh, history there, such a great track record. And Jean-Charles is all those things you've said about him. He has that joie de vivre. He (laughs) is the life of the party. He's the energy, the uh, charisma, the just unique sense of fun and just pure joy that just lights up any situation. And when I met him, we just hung out. We spent some time together. Chrissy came up with me and we just had a really nice time in the valley. Uh, We spent a lot of time at Raymond Vineyards, but we also went to his house quite a bit, spent time with his family and just got to know each other, Mm. first of all. And I just think we, even though we have very different personalities, I'm (laughs) a little more mellow, not always the life of the party unless I'm on stage. And um, we just clicked right away. And I think we both have this desire to uh, we have a desire to make life more beautiful. I I think both of us have that desire. And I think wine is part of that. 
and music is part of that and art and culture are part of that. And so uh, when we started embarking on our journey together as LVE, this joint venture between Jean-Charles and myself, we decided we were going to do things differently. When we were blending, we were listening to music. Mm. We were, um, the piano was there, the speakers were there playing music. We just wanted to connect the blending experience to music and to the listening experience and just really think about all the senses and trying to activate all the senses as much as we could. And so, yeah, that's been our process. And, and it's been very collaborative from blending the wines to thinking about the packaging and the art and the way we put it out to the world. And it's been such a fun collaboration. So I think anyone who's ever sat in a blending session, it sounds really fun and romantic, but it's it's actually like really hard work. It's a lot of concentration. Yeah. It's kind of bruising on your palate, right? So did the music, did you find it was sort of almost like a, like a palate cleanser? Well, I thought it put me in the right mood to think about the situations where I want to drink wine and how the wine could pair really well with those experiences, with those situations, with the romance, with the connection um, that music creates. I wanted the wine to work in those situations. And so, um, yes, it is work. It's not just fun, but we wanted to connect it to the kinds of experiences that we think the wine goes really well with. Did you even try to blend without music or without being yourselves? Like, did you go the academic route initially and just try to blend? <laughs> well, we we just talked about it from the beginning. We were like, let's listen to music. Let's get inspired yeah. while we're doing this. And so once we did it, we're like, well, why would we do it any other way? After that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, and I love I love that you recognize that intersection between all of these different you know cultures and, and arts and where that all sort yeah. of lives. Because I feel like, you know, for Vanessa and I, we came from theatrical and, and music backgrounds and yeah. wine has always been such a, you know, a, a way to to weave into our own lives. And it just sort of makes yeah. sense. And it's, I mean, a talent like yourself, it's nice to see that you not only allow it to weave in, but you embrace it and have fun with it and have found just the most perfect partner possible yes, for this endeavor. Yes. Well, one of the interesting things, people always ask me, how is it compared to making music? And one of the things that I've found is when we're creating anything, and when we're creating films or when we're creating albums or songs, or if we're blending wine, there's always this sense of trying to find the right balance, trying to find that perfect blend, trying to, when, when I'm in the studio, it's about, well, do I need the guitar to be louder? Do I need it to be crunchier? Do I need it to be more warm? Do I need it to be, uh, do I need my voice turned up? Do I need the background vocals turned up? There's all these little levers we pull and all we're trying to do is to get it in that place where it just feels right. It feels natural. It feels like we are closer to nature and closer to being our full selves. Yeah. And I feel like if we have that same approach with wine, then we can get it to where there is that balance, where there is that connection, that inspiration that we wanted to give us. It is so much of the same terminology that yeah. we use, isn't it, for, for wine and for music, even the word balance, you know, it's such a key descriptor. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think a lot about that. I think a lot about balance. I think a lot about elegance, about subtlety when we are blending. I think a lot about that because I think that's who I am. That's what my music is. And that's what I want my wine to be. Yeah. I love that. I love I love the balance and I I love everything that you just said. But I also I was listening to some of your music earlier. Not that I've never listened to before. I'm a very big fan. But 
you know, there's also like, you kind of lean into some like dissonance and some like minor chords and some things that, you know, almost feel a little uncomfortable, right? Like with everything that you do, the music sort of like comes together and it blends so beautifully. But do you ever think about, you know, not only striking balance, but also like evoking an emotion when the same way that you yeah. use chords and different uh, notes to to make people feel a little bit differently? Well, when we're making music, one of the things we were, we're focused on is drawing out people's passion and, and putting the passion on on the record so that they can feel my passion, but also they can have a passionate response to it. And so everything can't be smooth and easy for that response. I think you have to have some edge, you have to have some energy, you have to have some angst, some passion. And I think that approach to food and wine is really important too. When Chrissy's thinking about what a recipe should taste like, a lot of it is about that sense of, well, how much punch should it have? You know, how much, uh, you know, spice should it have? How savory versus sweet should it be? How, how, how much acidity should it have? All these things. I think that factors into food. It factors into wine. And of course, it factors into music as well. That's so it's so perfect. I'm glad that you brought food into it because I think food is the perfect way to explain sort of these these things that maybe sometimes don't feel like they go together, especially with food and wine, but also flavors within food dishes as well. You know, yeah. you bring salty and sweet and spice and sweet and they just somehow work together. Yeah. And we t- we tend to like robust flavors. Yeah. And I and I like wines that, you know, have a real personality to them and aren't just kind of uh, I don't know. I don't want them to be too safe. Uh, so I want them to have personality, but I also want them to have the sense of balance and elegance as well. Do you have any really unexpected pairings that the two of you like? Because I think sometimes people get so caught up in like, is this the right thing to pair? Am I doing this correctly? And well, we're not. We're not super. We're not super strict about things like that. We we try to be loose and and just try things. And uh, we we pair uh, my wines with all kinds of things. And n- nobody really talks about Thai food very much when they're talking about pairings. But we have a lot of Thai food in our in our house and. Uh, and uh, we definitely pair it with that, as you all have uh, suggested with the uh, Chardonnay, I believe. Oh, no, with the uh, Syrah. Yeah, but if you've got, I mean, a lot of the Thai dishes go so well with Riesling, too. I mean, yes, I actually love pairing Thai dishes, and Thai happens to be my favorite. I agree. I think it pairs so beautifully. With Rieslings. Yeah. Yeah. We have it with my rosé sometimes, too, uh, when it's like kind of like a kind of like a sweet chili kind of vibe mm, um, nice. with some rosé. It's really good. Rosé goes with everything, though. Rosé is like one of those mm-hmm. wines that just kind of like pop open and nobody gets too upset. Goes with life. It goes with life. Goes with life. I love that, Vanessa. Um, well, I am curious. I mean, I, I, how does wine fit into your life? And maybe to borrow like a phrase from you, like how do you save room for wine? <laughs> save room. Um, well, it's funny because I started thinking about doing my wine brand right around when I was making that album because I just felt like mm. it was an album. This is my second album once again. And it just felt like an album that needed to be paired with wine. <laughs> and uh, and it, it just felt like that. And I, I had been traveling quite a bit. And so many of my experiences when I traveled overseas, particularly involved food and wine quite a bit, going to Italy, going to France, going, you know, all over Europe and, and even in South Africa and Australia and all these places with a great wine tradition. That was part of my travel that was part of my blossoming romance with Chrissy, which started around that time too. And um, that's how it really became part of my life and influenced my music quite a bit during that time. And so what was happening? Were you going to restaurants? Were you going to vineyards? Did you have people near you? Yeah, we were doing all of it. We were doing, we were going to vineyards. We were going to restaurants. We fell in love uh, at a place called Lake Como, but we spent a lot of time 
throughout Italy. And uh, it was just a, a huge part of our experience there. Spent a lot of time in the south of France. And uh, it was just always a huge part of our travels and the way we enjoyed the, the moment together. Is there a wine region that you haven't been to yet that's sort of top of your list? Let me think. I'm trying to think where I haven't been. I haven't been to much of South America, so that that would be like any Argentinian or anything like that. Chile, yeah. I haven't spent much time down there. Speaking of bold flavors. Yes. Right. So uh, that would be an area that I feel like we should explore more. I haven't toured there very much, so I think a lot of times I'll tour somewhere and then then I'll go back on vacation or something like that. So uh, for some reason, South America hasn't been a heavy touring place for me, but I would love to go back and do that. I don't know. I feel like you've got to have fans in South America, right? I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. (laughs) Oh, everywhere, obviously. We just haven't, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I got to talk to my agent. (laughs) Speaking of touring then, so, you know, do you have to change up your routine in terms of Drinking wine, not drinking wine, how much wine you're drinking if you're touring versus just, you know, relaxing at home over a weekend? Well, it's funny because, uh, yes, I do. (laughs) And um, I try to like manage like acid reflux and all these other things that would affect my voice during that time. I try to stay super hydrated. And so I focus on drinking lots of water and lots of tea when I'm on tour. But because of the pandemic, (laughs) that hasn't really been an issue. Uh, I've been uh, really not touring since, you know, a couple of years ago. So I've had plenty of time to uh, indulge in my wine pastime. You still get up on stage and like doing the thing, though. I mean, we all saw you at the White House at the Lincoln Memorial, I guess. (laughs) Yes, yes. But touring is a whole different beast because you're singing like, you know, an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. True. uh, Four or five nights a week. That's a lot of wear and tear on your voice. So you got to be extra precious about it. And so uh, I try to be very disciplined during that time. It, it's, it's better for me that way. So after a show, you're not, a, you're not unwinding with wine? If I do, I'll just do a little bit. But uh, again, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like very vigilantly managing my acid reflux and, and my general vocal health. So I'm usually very, very strict with myself. But the vocal sexiness has to be maintained, okay? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, actually. So, you know, I mean, you mentioned singing at the White House and, you know, all these different venues. Do you, it's sort of a two-part question, okay? I guess the, the first is, are there situations where still at this stage you might get nervous uh, or, or not? I was a little nervous at the White House. You know, I think the most nervous I get, and I'm not a very nervous person, But the peak of my nervousness is when it's like an award show or something like the inauguration where it's just one song. You've got to get that one song right. Mm. In some sense, it's easier on my voice because it's not singing 100 minutes or whatever for a show. But it's all riding on that, you know, two or three minute performance. And I think I get a little more nervous in that moment because... It's live. People are watching all over the world. And uh, I've got to get it right that first time. I can't retake it. None of that. So uh, and I can't kind of warm up into it like on a concert. Yeah, It's that moment and that's it. And uh, so I get a little more nervous for those, but I'm not very nervous as a person. I'm usually pretty mellow and calm and able to kind of center myself in the right way. Feels like you fit in perfectly with Napa Valley. Then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're your people. Exactly. Yeah. And I and I guess the second part of my question was then about your wine, though. So, like, have you ever opened a bottle of LV for someone and poured it and like sat there kind of in anticipation? Like, what are they going to say? Have you ever been nervous in that sense? Well, 
I really believe in what we've done and I really am proud to serve it to people. But you never know what people's reactions are going to be and people's tastes are, you know, people's palates are different and um, their preferences are different. But I, I feel really confident pouring it for people. And that's, that's part of my test, you know, for have we done it right, is do I feel really yeah. confident pouring this for my friends, for anybody I respect and, and trust? And uh, we've gotten good ratings for the wines, but it's just as important for me to be able to pour it for somebody I love or somebody I care about and, and be excited for them to try it, not nervous for yeah. them to try well, it. Well, you certainly should feel confident. <laughs> it's so personal, right? I, I've heard you're pretty involved in the process beyond just blending though, right? Like you kind of get out there and you you do taste people on it. and yeah. Oh yeah, we do tastings. We do, I, I uh, meet with our retail partners. I am involved, very involved in just the look and feel of our brand and making sure um, that everything represents my aesthetic in the right way. And, and says what we want to say about the wine visually. So, yeah, I'm very involved. That's good to hear. It's, it's always nice, I think, when, especially for those of us in the trade, to hear when someone as famous as you are and as busy as you are still makes time to, to have those relationships and to sell the wine and be a part of the project. And it's not just a, a vanity thing. It's not. And, and truly, um, I don't like doing things unless I'm going to do them um, with gusto, with energy, with commitment. And I think John Charles wouldn't have wanted to get into business with me if he thought that I was just going to slap my name on on a product and not be engaged. And I really am engaged and I truly enjoy um, connecting with people in the Napa community. Uh, we've done, uh, you know, fundraisers to uh, support the region when when uh, everyone was dealing with the fires and, and the aftermath of them. We want to be engaged with the community there. We want to respect the community there. And not just kind of just be a celebrity that takes it for granted, you know. Um, we want to take it seriously and uh, respect the craft that goes into making these beautiful wines that we care so much about. We so appreciate that. I mean, it's such a community is the right word. And having lived here for six years now, Vanessa, you've been here for longer. I know. Um, 11. 11. Wow. Um, it is, you know, Napa Valley is on the world stage, but I think people forget like what a small place this is. And like, it is the people, it is. you know. And it's people like these are regular folks, you know, uh, living in a community, wanting to experience, you know, the joy of life. But, you know, it's like every day, this is where you live. And this is uh, a community that, cares about each other and and when when people suffer they suffer together and they care about uh how people feel and um so um we um have tried our best to support the community as much as we can engage with the community and uh we're going to do some more things in the future to build that relationship awesome i was at um auction napa valley the year that you yes surprised everyone with this with your performance I was not which was it was so fun it was so <laughs> unexpected and and just such a just a uh, like unbelievable and unforgettable experience but was that kind of one of your first experiences with this amazing community in Napa well with the with the full extent of it yes and and uh we've um we've done multiple kind of smaller things uh with Jean-Charles up there but that you know that auction is such a, uh, a signature event for the entire wine community. And uh, it was so fun to be there and engage with so many people there. Well, I know you spend time with Jean-Charles when you're here and you know, certainly at his house and at Raymond. But are there other places in Napa Valley that you like that are like can't miss for you when you're here? 
Oh, we've stayed at the Metalwood quite a bit. We love it there, uh, and we're oh nice. I, I know they uh, we're dealing with the fire um, there, and and uh, they just reopened though. Oh, wonderful! Not the restaurant, but the hotel just reopened. Yeah, we love French Laundry, of course. Uh, we've had multiple wonderful meals there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we 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 love getting around the community. There's so many great things to do there. So such great food experiences. Some that are very elevated, but also some just you know relaxed places to eat as well it's, it's it's a fun place to be yeah can you guys just generally like keep to yourself and like be yourselves there i always found like at least working in new york versus working in napa i worked at press restaurant in st Helena, and it just always seemed like people you know if they, the more famous people that would come in just always had like they always like felt relaxed they was, it always felt like they could be themselves yeah when i was in new york like you know new york has a different vibe uh do you think it was the wine amanda it might be the wine it might be the wine it it, be well the wine. I, I honestly we we get recognized everywhere we go and and people want to you know talk to us take pictures with us but we do feel relaxed there um it, it's just you know we we don't expect to be anonymous anywhere we go and that's fine but but the vibe is very chill yeah. in, in Napa Valley, and we enjoy that. Everyone's just like, have a glass of wine. It's good. <laughs> exactly. And and, uh, and when you're there with Jean Charles, everything's different. Oh, that's you know, it's so true. Like the energy is just, it's just bubbling. <laughs> Forget <everywhere>. anonymity <laughs> with Jean Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'll have like a print, uh, you know, blazer on with animal print colors, you know. He wouldn't even need to wear that. He's, his personality is huge. And, uh, you know. We're not inconspicuous in that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. Well, you mentioned doing some fundraisers to assist with, you know, the fires that happened in Napa Valley. But I was reading about you that you're actually on a number of boards. You do a lot of charitable work. So and yeah. it, did where did that come from? Did you grow up in a household that, that was important or did you come to that on your own? Well, my parents... Um, we were raised in the church and my parents were very um, intent on making sure we thought about character and, and, and our moral health and being just good human beings. And, and they always taught us that success wasn't just about how much money you make, but it's also about how you can help other people and how you can contribute to the world. And so when I was a kid, my heroes were like civil rights activists and people who fought for more freedom and more equality for people. And so uh, when I was 15, I wrote an essay saying that the prompt was, how do you plan to make black history? It was like a McDonald's black history essay competition and uh, <laughs> of all places. And, and uh, they, the prompt was just, how do you plan to make black history? And I said, I'm going to become a successful musician and I'm going to use my success to try to make the world better and uh, stand up for my community. And so I was, you know, I was saying that when I was 15 and believing that that was something that was possible for me and that, that I wanted to do. And um, I had the opportunity to actually make my dreams come true and my goals for myself come true. So I've, I believe that as part of what I should be doing in the world is trying to make it a better place, make it more just and, and more fair for people. And uh tying it back to the wine, making it a more beautiful place for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah. um, that's what I've been trying to do. Cheers to that. I love that you're doing that. Cheers to Cheers that. Cheers to success and <laughs> using it for all the right reasons. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where are you all from? Where are you from? I'm born and raised outside of Philly, which is, you know, oh, well, cool. sort of a, a, a wine desert or it used to be and it's much better now. But um, but yeah, I didn't grow up with well, wine. Philly's a good food town. It's though. a great food yeah. town. Yeah, the wine could be better, but beer is a good scene there. And 
I look forward to to changing that one day. That's my my big goal <laughs> is to like bring more wine to Philly. Yes. Yeah. My college years, I wasn't really. Uh, I was twenty when I graduated college, so I wasn't even allowed to drink. Wow. Uh, technically, <laughs> until I. Uh, you were twenty when you graduated Penn. Yeah, I was sixteen when I got there. Wow. I skipped some grades when I was in grade school. I was homeschooled, so um, I wasn't ready for the wine world yet. But uh, <laughs> once I graduated, I got into it. Sixteen in Philly at Penn. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It was quite a time. <laughs> I was so shy when I got there. I was like, you know, like two years younger than everyone else from a small town, from a relatively uh, poor family compared to a lot of my peers. And um, I just felt like, woo, this is a lot. But um, I got used to it. Music was my main way of connecting with people that kind of opened up relationships and doors for me in, in ways that otherwise I would have just been the shy nerd from Ohio. <laughs> so what's your earliest memory of wine? Was it in your house? Was it like, did you see it on the, you know, the streets of Philly or was it later? My parents didn't really drink. Um, so I didn't really spend a lot of time with it. When I was a kid, my parents were very religious. The only time we had wine was at, at communion. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so they were very religious and, and pretty like kind of, uh, abstinent from a lot of different things that, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the pleasures of life. So I didn't really grow up around it. And I just got into it more when I started working and, and, and traveling a lot. I was a management consultant when I first graduated from Penn. Mm -hmm. And so I would go on work trips and, and, and go to nice restaurants with my clients and all these things. And that's when I started getting into it. So expense accounts and clients is how it happened. Exactly. Exactly. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> Somebody else's dime. <laughs> yes. Somebody else paid for exactly. it. Exactly. But also like super intimidating, right? Yeah. I mean, even at like at any age, ordering wine for clients is incredibly scary. Yes. But I can't imagine yes. it, you know, 21, 22. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. I was just just trying to figure out the the menu at Ruth's Chris or wherever nice. I was going. <laughs> <laughs> So are you still the person? Are, are you still the person at, at dinners? Is everyone looking at you like you picked it? You pick the wine because you're in you're in the industry. Oh yeah, I, I do. I do pick the wine a lot. Um, definitely when I go on dates with Chrissy, but when I'm with a few friends, I'll definitely I usually pick the wine. But you know, I I like to talk to the sommelier a lot too and just get their feedback. We love to hear that. <laughs> and what do you say? What are some of the yeah, I do love to, I do love to hear that. Well, I tell them I tell them the kinds of things I tend to like and I know what Chrissy tends to like and um I get a sense of what whatever the group tends to like so that I can direct them in a, in the right direction uh for you know, cuz people have different tastes. Some people like a Pinot Noir, some people like a Cabernet, like it's like a That's right. Everyone has different tastes and so once you figure out, well, this is the kind of thing that will make most of us happy, then let's get the best thing in that in that uh category. Yeah. Selecting a wine for a date versus for a group is two totally different animals, but. Absolutely. Chrissy and I are pretty similar, actually, in our taste, but. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So we, we usually can uh, find something we like together. So what are you telling the Psalm that you like? Is it producers or is it like, is it styles or what are you saying? It'll be regions. It'll be styles. Uh, like I love a Napa Cabernet, for instance. Okay. So I'll, I'll maybe say that to them. And have them help me get the right thing. Or if you're overseas, you know, um, like I tend to like um, in Italy, like a Brunello. Um, I've I've spent a lot of time in that area and uh, I've liked that a lot. So I'll tell them this is what I like and can you point me to the right one? And so, yeah, it's usually a conversation like that. Here's what I tend to like. 
help me find a good one. I'm curious as a songwriter, do you think that wine also needs to, a great bottle of wine needs to have a great story as well? Well, I think it's cool when it has a great story. I, 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 it's not necessary, but it's so much of, of art and, and wine is about um, knowing the heritage of it and uh, knowing the creator, knowing the, the humanity of, uh, that goes with it. And uh, so to the extent that we can find those things out about the wines, I think it's pretty cool. I think so. I think, you know, stories are, I, I mean, it's definitely what you guys do at Wine Access for sure. But I always, I always appreciate a good story, but you know, it all comes down to flavor, right? It's got to taste good. Yeah, it's got to taste good. But it, it's fun to know these things, you know, and it's good conversation. And, and it, it just in, it increases your connection to whatever you're drinking. No, I agree. And I think part of the reason I chose both of these wines was, you know, they do have great stories and they do have connection. Like oh, cool. John Kongsgard is is literally legend in Napa Valley. I mean, he's he's not John Legend, but uh, he is like <laughs> he is the guy that created the Newton Unfiltered Chardonnay and brought, you know, some of the first uh, first expressions of what Burgundy was doing with Chardonnay to the United States and in, in Napa Valley. So he makes this gorgeous Syrah. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I'm not letting you go without uh, telling me what you're up to recording wise, because you told us you just wrapped recording, which thank you for pausing. And you're going straight back to it after this. Yeah, I'm sitting in my studio right now. I'm I'm working on my next album and I'm not sure when it's going to come out. I'm guessing probably near the end of the year or early next year. But uh, I am having so much fun. I love creating here. We bought this house about a year ago and uh, Chrissy's office is here and my studio is here. And I've been making this uh, album here and it's been so fun and I can't wait for you all to hear it. But it's going to be at least a few months before that happens. All right. All right. Is there like a vibe or like a it's feeling? Sexy. It's feel good. It's it's kind of sunny in a way. It's like colorful and sunny. Well, that's what we all need right now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like soul and sunshine. That's that's what we're going for here. Soul and sunshine. That sounds like like the sixties in a nutshell, right? Sexy, soulful, and sunshine. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, any any yeah. favorites today, wine wise, between the Syrah and the Burgundy? We always kind of look at our glasses to tell us what that is. I know you're in the middle of recording, but I preferred the the Burgundy. I do. Ooh, Burgundy yeah. for the win. I like it. Yeah. Me too. You know, burgundy, white burgundy at that is delicious and pairs. I love it. Pairs deliciously with a lot of those dishes Chrissy has on uh, Cravings by Chrissy. So absolutely. Um, well, with that, I will say cheers and thank you. Uh, anything else we should talk about LVE wise? Because I mean, we covered so much, but if there's any other things you want to say. Well, I would love everyone to follow us on Instagram at LVE underscore wines, and we've got some great new stuff coming out. We've got. Um, just a, a nice group of varietals now, and um, we're so proud of them. So follow us and, and, and find out the latest news. I love it. Well, John, we look forward to seeing you back in Napa Valley, and thank you for all your support here in the Valley. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure talking to you both, and uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. 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 Vanessa, did we just have a conversation with John Legend? You know, if I had ever heard those words... You know, prior to today, I would say, <laughs> what? No, don't be silly. But what? we did. No. That just happened. <laughs> it just happened. I can't wait to get off of this. I'm like, call my parents and be like, 
you'll never guess what just happened. Um, he was so wonderful and relaxed. And I was serious when I said like, what a perfect mm-hmm. fit for Napa Valley. I mean, this guy just belongs here. He's so laid back. He's so into the, you know, the lifestyle that is wine making, not just wine, but just the whole process. And I, I'm, I'm so delighted to hear how he approaches it with both his, his musical sense of mind, his academic sense of mind. I mean, the guy has all, all he needs equipment wise to do this right. And he's done it. And I I will say, you know, I think I mentioned in the beginning, the wines are wonderful. I mean, the LVE wines I tasted, you know, even before, long before we did this podcast and I loved the cap that he's doing in collaboration with Jean-Charles, but um, it was exciting. It was interesting to hear him talk about it and talk about what the what the directive is and how he approaches it. I don't how did you feel? Yeah, I I'm I mean I think he said some things that uh, I wanted to ask him and he kind of went there on his own but sort of about, you know, the way that he approaches music and the way he approaches wine and you know, how similar they are in so many ways and the way that they can make you feel, you know, both of them which is as you know something that I, you know, love more than anything about music and wine is that it's like using our senses and connecting with people in a in a deeper fashion than we get to do, you know, and 90% of our daily lives. So I I love every minute of it. Me too. I thought it was such a fun conversation and one that went in many directions uh, to your point. Let's talk about last drops. I mean, we didn't drink a whole lot today, which is fine because I'm happy to drink these later, but I, oh yeah, I will say, I think, I think the there wasn't a problem with the Kongsgard Syrah by any means. I love oh, this wine. I think yeah. it has so much personality and so much life in it. Um, I just will say that it's, you know, it's warm in the room that I'm in right now and it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And that has a lot to do with how I want to drink. So the Burgundy won out, but I am super pumped to go get some ribs and pair them with the the, the Tom Yum pork ribs that are, uh, are Chrissy's. Well, I have, so I have a confession to make. Um, you opened it last night, didn't you? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I couldn't wait. I was so excited. So, so right now at this very moment, I'm also, my glass is lower on the Merceau. Um, but I have also (laughs) already had some of the cons guard yesterday, which just shows you how much I love this wine because I... I, I just, uh, it had to happen, had to happen right then. <laughs> you, you're so funny. This is like part and parcel for just how you roll with these podcasts. I need to do this more often. I don't know why I don't start ahead of the time. You know, we should just start getting rolling with drinking. Yeah. Um, no, they were both delicious. And if someone wants to drink like John Legend and us, where can they find the wines to do so? So they can find these wines and also John Legend's LVE wines at yes. wineaccess.com. Yes, we've got the Kongsgard Syrah, the, I'm not going to say this right, Comtesse de Cherise. It was perfect. It's in the description. Just go look at the description below. We have links and everything for everything. So you can, you can click and find them because I don't speak French. So that's where you can find the wines. You can find more on this show, this podcast on Instagram as well at Wine Access Unfiltered as well as on Twitter. And then also, if you loved this episode and you loved hearing us talk to our favorite crooner, John Legend, you should definitely leave us a review and uh, let us know how much you're liking it, preferably a five-star one. It, it really helps us. And then also don't forget to hit subscribe to always be notified when new podcasts come out because we're doing them on the regular for you guys and having so much fun with it. So thank you for all your support. Vanessa, let's dive in with a couple delicious wines and uh, let it ride. Uh, mine has started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. I'm alone. All right. All right. Cheers. <laughs>